Welcome to the Strange Matters Podcast, where we discuss anything just outside the norm, ranging from the bizarre and unexplained to the supernatural and paranormal and everything in between. I'm your host for tonight, Eric, joined by my fellow co-host, Sean. Hey, everybody. So for this episode, we're going to be working on a listener suggestion by Parr from Sweden. And this is our Matrix discussion. Basically, this is going to be a discussion about, is our reality a simulated reality? Yeah, so this is going to be kind of a more, just a discussion-driven episode. We're not going to be presenting a lot of facts or cases, just kind of the philosophies around whether we are living in a simulated reality. But before we get started with that, we have a important and exciting announcement to make that Strange Matters now has a Patreon campaign going. And basically what Patreon is, for those who don't know, is a way for you listeners to help support us do our podcast. So basically with Patreon, you can pledge a certain amount per month, and it helps keep our podcast going, so we don't have to sell ourselves out to advertisers. So, yeah, basically you can contribute anything. It's like $1, $3, $5 a month. And in exchange for your contribution, we'll give our patrons access to VIP episodes and stuff like that. So if you're interested and have a dollar or a couple per month that you'd be willing to help support us, you can visit our page at patreon.com slash strangematters. So let's get back to our Matrix discussion for the night, Sean. Now, uh, this is something that personally I've always wondered about, even as a kid. It's something that kind of kept me up at night. So even before having ever watched the Matrix movies, which, by the way, gave me ter- terrible nightmares for weeks, um, this is something that lots of people have wondered about for a long time. And it actually goes back centuries. Um, Philosophers as far back as Plato millennia ago speculated that what we see may not actually be real at all. Yeah, it's just pretty much one of the oldest questions of philosophy is, you know, what is reality? Is what we're seeing or experiencing, is it actual real or is it some kind of construct of another simulation or reality? So getting into more modern times, the matrix theory is kind of this belief that what we experience as daily life is really just a simulation generated by an all-powerful computer or you know anything along that kind of genre. And again, the idea that our perceptions are not our own. So in the matrix trilogy, humans use this to their advantage when they're able to escape the matrix into what's considered to be reality, I'm saying this in air quotes, they're able to gift themselves with all sorts of powers and use these powers to fight the bad guys. So basically they can just upload, you know, 20 years of martial arts experience directly into their brain and use it to kick people's butt. So the question that the characters never really ask themselves or never really address in the, in the series is that, you know, like, how do they even know that the reality they're in isn't simply another Matrix? Yeah, that's a really, I mean, just as far as the movies go, I wasn't even aware of that theory that in the movie you have the Matrix and then the real world, but then some people say that the real world and the Matrix is actually just a, like a second layer 
of another Matrix going on. And it's it's just, I guess there are a few clues here and there in the movie, but it's it kind of definitely can hurt your brain if you think about it too much. I was going to say it's it's mind-boggling to the extent that it would be paralyzing. It's like if I just went to all this effort of escaping this false reality and now I'm in what's considered to be a true reality, then what's even the point of doing that if there could be an infinite amount of layers? Yeah. So why even bother? I mean... So what's the what's the purpose of going on? Yeah. If you're, you can never be sure when you're actually in reality or if you're just in yet another level of some kind of computer simulation. I mean, ignorance is bliss in, in all honesty because it's like once you open yourself up to this, you could go crazy because there's no point. Yeah. So, Well, just like uh, Cypher in the movie, you know, he experienced the real world, says like, you know, this sucks. I want to... I don't care if I know it's a simulation. I want to go back into it. Exactly. Well, and that was more along that was more along the lines of the reason was that he escaped into reality, and reality was living in this cold machine eating crap. When in the real reality, or in the Matrix, he was able to live this. I mean, a life of luxury if he could get back into it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, anyways, going back in time a little bit, there was a famous philosopher who is known as Rene Descartes, and he kind of addressed this issue early on. So the question he was grappling with was, how do we know we aren't a part of someone else's dream? So basically, how do I know that my whole existence isn't just somebody else's thought or somebody else's dream. So he answered this question by coming up with the Latin phrase that's famous now, known as cogito ergo sum, which translates to, I think, therefore I am. So Rene Descartes found that he could not doubt that he himself existed, as he was the one doing the doubting in the first place. So basically, if you're capable of doubting your own existence, then that means you have to exist, because you're the one doing the doubting. Yeah, so I would like to have a few more discussions just about branching off from the, the dreams. And I mean, one thing that I've found interesting is people who say that they've, not so much dreams, but in a coma, some people have said that they experience, while they're in a coma state, what seems to them like a normal life, like they're continuing on. And some people say, like, you know, they'll have, like, days that they'll be playing back, and then they wake up from the coma, then all of a sudden they realize none of that stuff happened. So, I mean, I think that's kind of scary to think that, I mean, you could be, you know, living your life, and then just instantly you wake up in a hospital, and you realize, you know, days, weeks, maybe even years of what you thought had just been your normal life was just your brain kind of going on autopilot. There have definitely been a number of times where I've kind of hoped that that was the case. It's like, oh gosh, my life is so messed up. Maybe I'll just one day wake up and realize it was all just a dream that I was living in a coma. Yeah. I mean, I think people have kind of like when you're in a semi-conscious state and you have really realistic dreams and then you wake up and you kind of have to like figure out if what just happened, like, like, wait, was that real or was that just a dream? But then obviously when you wake up, you know, it's a dream. But I guess if you're in a 
coma-like state, and your brain has basically an infinite amount of time until you wake up to just keep this kind of simulation going. Yeah, I've definitely had experiences where I dreamed something, and then like a few days later or a week after I dreamed it, it's I just very vaguely remember it and i can't remember if it was a dream or actual reality to begin with so it's like already the line between dreams and reality is so blurred and then like you just said there's always this semi-lucid state where we're half dreaming and half in reality that blurs the lines even more yeah i mean it's it definitely can get confusing like i think i've had the same kind of experience that you have where i'll remember something and then I'll kind of doubt myself. I'm like, well, I'm pretty sure that was a dream. I don't think that was actually real. Right. Well, uh, it, it, it all just ultimately comes down to our perceptions. It's like, what are we perceiving and where did it come from? Even to branch off, I mean, if you, if a person can live a life in their head in a coma, this kind of dream, thinking about that kind of expands on into thinking about what if it's not a person, but a God dreaming. So th- this kind of idea is one I got from the Cthulhu Mythos, which is a there's an elder god named Azathoth, and basically all the existence is happening because this incredibly powerful god creature is sleeping, and so basically every all of existence in our reality is happening just because this powerful god is sleeping. And we're all just basically his dream, and the moment that he wakes up, all existence will cease to exist in the blink of an eye. It's really kind of a a paralyzing thought. It's like when you look at life through this window, you really find yourself asking the question, what's the purpose of living if everything I perceive could really just be a false reality? So uh, Whenever I get to this point, I tend to kind of go in the other direction and just figure it's better to just go with the ignorance is bliss strategy and just go about living my life. Yeah, I guess, cause, I mean, if we are just all living in a you know simulation or a dream that could kind of break at any moment, there's nothing we can do about it because we're either just figures in a dreamland or just coding of some simulation. Right. So, I mean, it, yeah, it, it is interesting to think about and to see if there are signs that if it's possible that we're in some kind of simulated reality. But at the same time, there's really nothing we can do from inside if that was the case. Right, exactly. And that's the other thing that we'll talk about a little bit. But if we're looking for, you know, these errors in the matrix then how do we know we weren't you know, pre-programmed to perceive these errors this way or that we weren't programmed to think about another rational explanation for these errors or glitches or whatever? But we'll get into that in a minute. So scientists are bothered by this theory in the same manner that we are, and they've taken it to an all-new level. So they may think that this actually isn't science fiction at all, but some researchers believe that cosmic rays may provide evidence that we are, in fact, a computer simulation. So this is kind of a disturbing discovery. But far from... it's, it's This is still in the, the theoretical realm of science, obviously, so don't get too bent out of shape about this. But 
This theory alleges that because these cosmic rays are the fastest particles that exist and that they originate from all over the universe, even in distant galaxies, and they all arrive at Earth at precisely the exact same energy level, which is 10 to the 20th power electron volts, that this may indicate that there is in fact a maximum energy level that can be achieved in the universe. And if this were true, it may imply that these constraints are placed on matter by some outside force. So this, for example, would be a computer simulation, because obviously all computer simulations have to have, you know, some sort of bounds, some sort of numerical bounds. So if these energy levels are simulated, perhaps the entire universe is, as the theory goes. However, taking things a step further, if in fact we are in a simulation, then those beings who are responsible for building our simulation could in fact be simulations themselves. So sort of like a dream within a dream, this infinite amount of layers theory. So if this is the case, then any sort of experiment we may hope to perform would likely be rendered meaning meaningless. So this theory would in many cases require that some civilization or dimensional beings have achieved exponential growth in their technological advancements. Yeah, so I guess it's kind of a point where we as humans were trying to create AI, as in like, you know, uh, artificial intelligence that can is self-aware and thinks for itself. And a lot of people think that we might achieve that in the near future. So then following that logic, be like, well, what if there were some beings that have been living for beyond that point where they could achieve perfect AI and that they could program these simulations where every single being and their simulation or matrix is its own independent thinking person. And then you could just program them to think that they are perceiving their own reality and you could program them to believe that, you know, there's this all powerful God, the God of the Bible or anything like that. You could make them be atheists. You can make them believe in evolution. You can make them believe whatever you want, except that they are part of a computer simulation. Right. It could be kind of like what we've, we've said before in the past with aliens conspiracies, where you have, you might have the people behind it all, like the government or whoever's behind the conspiracy kind of creating these situations where these crazy people are saying like, Oh, aliens exist. So then people hear the idea and they immediately brush it off. So you could have, a simulation where a few people are programmed to, you know, talk about the simulation. Exactly. But people perceive them as crazy, so they don't really give any second thought. Sure. So it's all just a, a, a ploy. It's basically somebody's game. So basically... Just to keep everybody happy. Yeah. So this could mean that we're all just some junior high aliens science experiment, basically. Yeah. Which scares the crap out of me. It's definitely not getting an A on this one. No, no, they got them all figured out. But I guess the question this raises for me is, let's say me sitting at my desk, I have a microphone in front of me, I have earphones on, I'm touching my own arm, and I'm exposed to all these five different senses that we're gifted with. You know... Is there a real me? Like, what, what is the material that actually makes up me? 
and where is it? So what I'm getting at is, am I a, a brain in a jar somewhere? Or am I an actual being? Am I an actual creature with arms and legs or some sort of form? And I've got all these electrodes hooked up to my body so that I can feel my own arm and I can feel the headphones on my head and I can hear my own voice. Or are you just a complex program and you're just really in a computer server somewhere? Sure, sure. I mean, I was kind of trying to take it in a different direction. So we kind of talked about the the computer program, but how do we know that kind of like, I guess kind of like in, in the matrix, the movie where the humans are, they're actually real humans. They look exactly like they do in the matrix as they do in this reality. And they're just in this big shell in this viscous fluid hooked up to a respirator and electrodes. So you're having like something like an alternate reality being either plugged or pumped into your brain. Yeah. So your exactly. your body or what have you is, you know, it could be in a shelf somewhere. Yeah. But it's, yeah. Hooked We're up. basically being farmed by robots or aliens or whatever we want these things to be. But this is where the cogito ergo sum thing really starts to play in. Because let's say there's all these layers and we are the creation of a being, being A, who is the creation of being B. How then, if being A is a simulation, how could we be a simulation? So this is this is to me where the I think therefore I am really starts to make sense because you can't just build upon this forever because you can't have a simulation of a simulation in it or perhaps I just can't wrap my tiny little mind around it. Well, I was going to say yeah because it's I mean like I said once we get to the point of AI you know what if we have a program that starts to it's self aware and then it starts to just for fun, starts creating like mini programs or something. So then you, I mean, you already have several layers there. So, I mean, you could have whatever reality you're in now, you can't really perceive anything greater than yourself. So it's hard to know if, if you are just a, if you're in a simulated world. So it's kind of like dimensions. We are confined to three spatial dimensions x y and z axis and one temporal dimension and we can't perceive a fourth spatial dimension so we can't add another you know vector to that x y z axis so we can't even there's not even any real point of us thinking about it because we can't our minds aren't equipped to do it so i kind of see where you're getting at there yeah i mean as we think of dimensions though and you know what is possible and impossible and a lot of people listening to this episode right now say like you know what we're talking about right now is physically impossible so i mean one example from going back to the matrix movie a lot of people who actually know science say that the concept of using humans for heat is not really possible thermodynamically just it's not really efficient and originally i think humans were supposed to be using as for the machines were using us for our computing powers i guess in our brains but i guess whoever made the the film decided that people were too dumb to understand that so they decided just to make it so the machines are harvesting us for heat 
But anyway, so saying that, you know, one could say, like, it just doesn't make sense. It's not physically possible. But you could counter that by saying, well, where did you learn physics and thermodynamics? You learned it in the Matrix. So if there was an alternate reality, perhaps what the real world is doesn't follow the same set of rules that we can perceive in this reality. Exactly. So if everything we perceive as reality is just that, it's our perceptions, then theoretically we would never be able to know. Because if that were the case, we would probably never be able to see any of these so-called glitches because they would simply change the way we were programmed to perceive them, basically. Yeah, exactly. So basically any sort of error we detect in the matrix Anything that we think we understand outside is impossible for us to know that it's not just what's been put in our head by these outside beings. So if you picture – let's say we draw two stick men on a piece of paper, and we'll call them Sean and Eric. And then we draw a big circle around them, and then on the outside we draw a stick figure – and we'll give it a, we'll call it God, then this God is the one that is responsible for our simulation. There is no way for us to think of or perceive or come up with anything outside of the circle that contains Sean and Eric. Therefore, there's no way for us to know that that hasn't been put into our brains by God. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, so, so I mean, we can only work with what you we know, have. basically the rules that have been established for us, whether they're actually reality or not, or if it's just some set of constants that have been set upon us but aren't actually real. Mm-hmm. You know, exactly. That's, there's no way for us to know. Yeah, precisely. If you think that we're living in a simulation, it obviously is pretty complex, and it works pretty well. However... Even advanced simulations can have flaws. So this question is, what happens when we notice some imperfections, or going back to the movie, what if we see some glitch in the matrix? Right, so there's there's two possible explanations. We've kind of already touched on one. One is that these glitches are just being put into our simulated reality so that we can perceive them and question them, and you know, ultimately it really leads to nothing. We're just there to, you know, it's basically God or whoever this being is just toying with us. But I guess the other thing that we're going to discuss is that these glitches are in fact, you know, errors and that they're caused by misprogramming in the matrix or, you know, flaws in the the circuitry. So what do you think some of these glitches might be that we could potentially observe in our false reality? Basically, anything outside the normal. So, I mean, one example could be anything involving paranormal activity, uh, such as ghost observations, could be, you know, glitches in the matrix. Okay. You know, obviously, if you see a ghost or something, that's you know that's not right. So, I mean, if you're talking about a matrix simulation, I mean, it could be you know, some error in programming where somebody was there some time past and it's kind of doing like a rewind sequence or it's kind of could be merging different programs or something. 
Okay, so it could be perceived as either an error in time. So if I were to see a ghost in this room right now, it could really be me seeing 100 years into the past or 100 years into the future. Or I was actually thinking it could be an error in space. So maybe we're seeing, you know, a person that's 100 miles away. Or maybe we're seeing a person outside of the matrix that we're in. So we're seeing somebody outside of our circle that contains Sean and Eric. So there's a lot of different possibilities there. I hadn't even thought of that. That's a pretty good one. And just kind of segue off of that. I mean, people say like, you know, haunted houses or haunted places basically different places where a lot of weird stuff happens, a lot of paranormal activity. And I mean, just going the same thing, you could say this location for some reason, there's just something wrong with its programming or there's a glitch inside of it where is breaking down and it's not following what should be the set rules of reality. And it's interesting because, you know, if typically when there's a haunted place, by the time it attracts enough attention it's always to, to me kind of seems like the the serious hauntings and stuff kind of cease. Um, so perhaps that's our our God or our outer being kind of going back and fixing the programming and fixing the errors that they made to kind of clean up the loose ends in the matrix. Or people reporting it would kind of be like when we send error reports on our computer. So they'll notice like, you know, oh, all these simulations are talking about this one house that has a bunch of weird stuff let me go in okay let me fix it now it's now it's good right interesting so i guess that would in the computer terminology mean you know some of these vanishings that we've discussed in previous episodes not not disappearances that you know could have been linked to murders but like vanishings two people are looking at for example james burns warson two guys are watching him he stumbles, falls, and instantly vanishes into thin air with no possible explanation. I guess in the computer terminology, that would be our outer being deleting a computer program. And it just so happens that a couple other computer programs observed it, and now they're questioning what happened. Yeah, I mean, could have been just a little accident. Right. I delete files by accident all the time. Yeah, maybe you just meant to move him or something and hit delete, and he's like, uh-oh. <laughs> Right. And he tries to cover it up so his supervisor doesn't find out about it or something. Exactly. Yeah, I mean that's that's a that's a good possibility is that like you said, people can either be deleted or another idea could be you know, if you're talking about maybe cop and paste is that's your deja vu when people think they experience the same thing twice or see the same thing twice, you know, maybe it is the exact same thing that it is just some line of program that either accidentally or purposely gets copied and then pasted later on. Right. And perhaps there are errors within each individual computer program. So the computer program called Eric could experience these by seeing mirages or optical illusions. And Sean may experience different optical illusions. If you think about people who are colorblind, perhaps they just miss the program that allows them to observe color stuff like that yeah and it's funny if you google this phenomena you'll see photographs on the internet of people who have you know taken strange pictures that they've encountered on a daily basis 
and just kind of questioned, you know, is this an error in reality? So for example, there's one picture where there are three pairs of people sitting in a row on the bus and they all look almost exactly alike. And the person that posted the picture is just like, oh, maybe there's an error in, you know, dress code or the dress attire for these people, passengers on the on the bus, basically. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of like your video game, your, your NPCs. Like, there's only a certain amount of them. And so some of them are going to be copies, but you're supposed to spread them out so you don't really notice. Exactly. But what if, you know, somehow they all get grouped together? And going on, I mean, you were talking about, you know, people having lines of programming wrong with them. So, I mean, if you're talking about if people are actually simulated and that were nothing more than program codes in some computer, you could say that what makes people different is just perhaps different errors or malfunctions going on in their programming code. So you could have, you know, someone is crazy or a psychopath or, you know, has some kind of mental condition, then it wouldn't be a biological problem if we're a simulation it would be something was wrong with the code that was written for us or for that particular person and you would have you know mental deformities or if something's wrong with your body when you're born you know our so-called dna could just be whatever our biological code is in the simulation so someone left a few errors in and forgot to correct it before they hit the born button or conceive button or, or what have you and basically that's what we're stuck with because it's not a nothing wrong with it's biologically it's just whoever creates our simulation messed up the programming right or the the open button so they're just opening a file but yeah i think anybody who's taken a you know any kind of college or even high school biology course has heard a professor or teacher refer to dna as basically our body's programming code so I think that's a reasonable, you know, thought. If you go off that, medicine can be something that kind of helps correct the coding. So kind of like an upgrade patch or something like that. Yeah. All right. So we've been talking about computers and programs. Kind of the last topic we want to talk about is multiple dimensions or parallel universes. So I mean, there is a there's a man named Jorge Luis Borges, and he was an Argentine author. And he likened what he called the multiverse to a library. Within this library are an infinite number of books, and some differ by just one letter, while others are completely different stories. So basically, he's likened this library where each book is its own universe or dimension. So I guess if hundreds of these different simulations are running at once, perhaps occasionally these different simulations could could sort of merge at certain places. Maybe this could explain a type of portal, or maybe this could explain the seeing of the ghosts. So we're seeing across these these dimensions or something like that. Yeah, I think people like to think of the that old saying, like every time you make a decision or a choice you create two separate parallel universes right and perhaps like you said there's some portals or there's some kind of there's something that we can do to kind of open a gateway to some other dimension where maybe a different copy of yourself is also living in that dimension but they made different choices so they have a completely different life than what you're living now Mm-hmm. so perhaps this could also explain the doppelganger 
phenomenon that has become so popular in modern society where people will see pictures of themselves on the internet or like in a crowd of people and how, you know, this, this concept that perhaps everybody out there has a twin somewhere on the other side of somewhere on the planet. Maybe this could be just these different simulations running at once at the same time and crossing over at some point. Yeah. This reminds me, someone sent us something on Facebook a while back about the uh, oh, like famous actors who have yeah. lookalikes that are like 100, 200 years ago in pictures. They look exactly the same. I think one was like Nicolas Cage in yeah. like the 17th century. And then speaking of the Matrix, Keanu Reeves, there's like five different pictures of him like throughout the ages. People say he's immortal. <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, maybe it's just multiple Keanu's and different. I mean, maybe even within this one, our reality, maybe there's, you know, different Keanu's popping up or different people. I don't know about reincarnation. If you're talking about simulation, maybe they just kind of recycle the same program or something over and over again. How ironic would that be that this immortal Keanu Reeves, who's been with us since the beginning of time, actually starred in the movie The Matrix? That'd be pretty awesome. That would be awesome. I bet he had a little chuckle to himself when they offered him the role. (laughs) He's like, oh, you guys have no idea. But yeah, sure. That's just one more reason for me to want to be Keanu Reeves. Yep. So talking about multiple layers of simulation that we've kind of touched on earlier in the podcast. So what if whoever controls our simulation is in fact also a simulation themselves? Sean. Yeah, so I guess that would kind of be, I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with the computer game The Sims and that you kind of create your little characters or Sims and they go about their own life and you kind of guide them so i mean this would kind of be if you were playing a version of the sims and then your characters that you're creating kind of design their own version of the sims and they start playing their own characters and so on and so on so basically you're a creator and you create something and then you look down and they create something else and perhaps it just keeps on going on and on and each level has no idea that the step above it created it but then you know yeah that's definitely creepy weirds me out to just think about but you know then it's like where does it even stop so if you're someone else's video game and we're playing a video game that plays a video game and someone is playing the video game of the entity that is playing us you know does it just go on for infinity in both directions and this is this is ultimately where this sort of discussion leads to it's like who ultimately has control over reality who can step back and visualize the whole thing and how do they know that they're really ultimately in charge yeah i guess you can i mean like you said like each step i mean you can't even process you know like us being controlled by simulation so i i don't think you can know for certain because i mean i'm sure you know, if there was some kind of beings that were really controlling us, they have no idea that something was controlling them. So I don't know if it was infinite, but you could have somebody who actually is the top of the food chain, so to say. But then maybe he's thinking the same thing. Like he's like, you know, I think I'm in reality, but. Well, and everybody can kind of perceive down the chain to a certain degree. So if I already create a Sims game. And then my Sims create more Sims. I can see down a couple like generations, I suppose, but can't see up at all. Yeah, so it's kind of like a one-way stream. 
Right. And it's, yeah, like there's kind of no way to know what's the level above you. Yeah. I mean, just going back to the video games, just kind of researching the kind of wonders that, you know, what if every time you do a video game, we programmed it, but if what if some reality, the video game characters, it's real for them. So while the game is on, that's their entire universe and they are, you know, they think it's real. And then basically every time you turn it off, turn it on, you're creating a yet another universe, so to speak. So I just thought it was kind of cool that, I mean, maybe we're not even some advanced simulation. We're just, someone just booted up this system and is playing for us. And maybe their, their time relative to us is a lot slower. So he thinks he's just playing for, you know, during a lunch break. But for Earth, it's been, you know, billions of years. Right. And then as soon as he, you know, gets bored, hits the power button, we go bye-bye. So you've kind of touched on a philosophical theory known as solipsism. And this is the viewer theory that the self is all that can be known to exist. So basically what solipsism says is that if I exist, the only thing outside of me that exists are what's in my perception. So basically I'm walking around with this circle around me and anything outside of that circle doesn't exist. It's just not real. It's kind of like a uh, a Truman show type thing. Yeah, sort Where of. You're you're only able to perceive, you know, Im- your immediate surroundings and you might be told of other things, but I mean if you can't perceive it, how do you know if it's actually real or not? Sure. So perhaps we're just all completely delusional and everything we perceive to be reality is reality and we're just wasting our time. So I I ultimately kind of try to take this route. If I'm going to be making assumptions about things, then why assume the worst? Why not just go with what makes sense based on the off chance that, you know, we are right and there is an outside reality and everything we're perceiving is fake. What's that ultimately going to change? Because odds are, unless uh, Lawrence Fishburne approaches me in a dark leather trench coat with sunglasses and pills in his hand, which I probably wouldn't take anyways because I'm a pharmacist and I know you shouldn't do that, there's really not any point. So let's just you know keep on going, keep on doing what we're doing. Exactly. Kind of like what we said at the beginning. If there's nothing we can do to change it in the in the first place don't let it bother you yeah it's fun it's fun to think about but it's nothing really to worry about but yeah don't nobody should get completely depressed by listening to this episode or anything on our podcast for that matter yeah so that wraps up this episode of the strange matters podcast if you have your own thoughts to contribute on the matrix discussion definitely an endless amount of different things to discuss here please feel free to email us at strangematterspodcast at gmail.com or you can post on our website strangematterspodcast.com for all our listeners if you are listening to us on itunes and enjoy the show we ask that you take the short amount of time to leave us a rating and a review we enjoy seeing your feedback and it also helps promote the show so we can gain new listeners every time and also if you're interested in checking out some other podcasts that are similar in nature to ours, we invite you to go to darkmyths.org and check out the whole lineup of podcasts there. A lot of different shows and different genres, so whether you like history or mystery or the paranormal or pretty much anything in between, 
There is a show for you at darkmyths.org. So check that out. Until next time at Strange Matters Podcast, take it easy, everybody. Take care. Keep it real. You can add that in, too. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Keep it real.